are listening to WRBH Reading Radio for the Blind. This is the Public Affairs Show. I am Carl Arredondo, former chief meteorologist of Channel 4, now a certified orientation and mobility specialist. I have RP, retinitis pigmentosa, and I walk with a white cane. On today's episode, I am thrilled to have someone that I've known for a while, and I'm sure many of you have watched for years on TV here in New Orleans. The former, and I'll say now former chief meteorologist of Fox 8, David Bernard. David, how are you? I'm doing great, Carl. It's been 25 years since I first met you. 25 years. That's a long time, and that yeah. shows that we're both much older. Yeah, they can't see you right now, but there's gray, a lot of gray in this radio booth. <laughs> yeah, that's why I shaved my head completely so that you don't see too much of it. Um, David, before we get started on, you know, why you're here and, you know, your story, tell everyone who may not know where you're from, you know, where you grew up, school, how you got to New Orleans. Well, I'm originally from Houston, Texas. And uh, growing up in Houston, uh, New Orleans was a very popular place and still is for Houstonians. And I actually, as a kid, my parents came here to Noma in the 1970s for the King Tut exhibit. And they brought back this book. And I was just fascinated with it. I was fascinated with Egyptology as a little kid, but also New Orleans. Like, what is this place that they got to have all this incredible stuff, right? And and so New Orleans was always in the back of my mind. And um, at any rate, I became interested in meteorology, and I had a couple of little jobs in Texas and one in Oklahoma, and then, boom, there I was in New Orleans on my fifth year in television at WWL with you. And you left her a little bit. You went to Miami, then you returned to New Orleans because most people, when they leave, they end up coming back to New Orleans. That's the way it goes, it seems, doesn't it? And that says a lot about New Orleans, I think, that that happens. Yeah, I had reached a point, Carl, and you remember this, where I just felt like I needed to do something a little bit more, and due to circumstances at the station and no one's fault, it was just that, you know, I couldn't get any further. We had Carl Arredondo, and I recognized that, so I thought, okay, and uh, we had Hurricane Ivan in 2004, if you remember the year before Katrina, and there was the big evacuation debacle, It it was a mess. And uh, at any rate, I was lauded, whether deservedly so or not, uh, by the Times-Picayune. Some people saw that. And um, Brian Norcross, who I previously had, who I knew at the time, was working in Miami and called up and said, I, I think you're ready for Miami and we have something. And I thought, you know what? It wasn't really on my radar to go to Miami, but I wanted to do tropical meteorology still. So Miami, New Orleans, that's pretty much it, right? Right. Well, it's understandable because everybody's goal as a meteorologist, you want to be a chief meteorologist. And if there's somebody there that is a chief and you know it's not going to go anywhere, you end up having to go somewhere where you can have an opportunity. And you did when you went to Miami. You Yeah. And I mean, it, it wasn't about, oh, I didn't want to live in New Orleans anymore. It was just about advancing my career, which in the career that we were in, that's how you do it most of the time. Right. Now, being a meteorologist, what was your most favorite thing about being a meteorologist and what was your least favorite thing? Um, My most favorite, and let's preface it by saying broadcast meteorologist, because that's what I did. There was meteorologists in other industries, so that'll affect my answer. But as a broadcast meteorologist, my favorite thing was that every day I went into work, it was something different. Even on those days where it's sunny every day, there would be some something going on to watch uh, that would be interesting. And you, even after all these years, you think you've seen it all. 
and you haven't. And so that's what kept me going, um, my passion for it, but also the fact that it was always a different challenge every day, every week. What I disliked about it, and which is one of the reasons that led to my decision, was that the schedule is unrelenting. Just because we love to do tropical meteorology, that also means in the summer, you're not going anywhere. And there's all the other restrictions in TV and not being home at night, uh, you know, with my husband, Charlie, that started to bother me. And eventually the negatives outweighed the positives. And I thought, OK, what do I want the rest of my life to look like? I agree. I, I, the, the best part for me was just sitting down with the models every day and forecasting because you're right. It is different every day. The least favorite thing that I can say for me, and it was having to put makeup on and putting a tie on. I just didn't like that to wear a tie every day. Honestly, I think ties are on their way out. And I actually think guys look better without a tie if you got the right shirt and jacket. I I don't know any. First of all, in Miami, I can tell you no one wears a tie in there. The only people that wear ties are lawyers that are in court, people on TV. And that's about all I could think of. And so, and even in New Orleans, I'm starting to see fewer and fewer ties. I couldn't, I can't stand the ties either. I've already moved all my ties and suits, shoved into the corner of my uh, closet. <laughs> I agree, because when uh, we have to go somewhere and Isa says, yeah, this is, you're going to need to wear a tie. I'm like, oh, God, I got to put a tie on. Oh, man. But, uh, you know, we, I still do it. I still have all those ties. So, but before we get into the nitty gritty, one question I have to ask you. I know you've worked at Fox 8 and Channel 4, and I know you banter with you know, a couple of people there. Which is the best banter, Eric Paulson or Lee Zurich? That's kind of a tough question because it's different types of bantering, right? And of course, uh, and what's the common denominator in all this? Me, right? So that's uh, that's where all the bantering comes from. Uh, you know, I mean, the morning show, I was on for hours with Eric, right? So that sort of lent itself to a lot more talking and discussion and joking around and that sort of thing. And Lee and I would have kind of a much more condensed moment where we could uh, interact. I don't know. I, I enjoy them both just the same, and I count them both as really good friends. Oh, well, it's always enjoyable listening to both of those uh, encounters with Lee and Eric. And, you know, I, I worked with Lee for a little bit, but fortunately, we and I didn't have that kind of bantering. We had just regular chit-chat because at that time, you know, it was just regular not you and Lee type. No, I mean, yeah. I had to break Lee in. Believe me, yeah. it's done wonders for his career. <laughs> I've done so much for him. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's pretty known around here, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, now listen to this story. And I want to, you know, the similarities, okay? I'm a Texas boy. Grew up in Texas, loved weather, worked in some of the same stations, you know, that one station especially you did in Texas. Moved around a little bit, then made my way to New Orleans, okay? Became a chief meteorologist in New Orleans, Started having some health issues, realizing I needed to retire from TV, and then decided to get into a profession where I'm helping people. That kind of story sounds awfully familiar, doesn't it? That's my story, it's right? It's your story. No, it's both of our oh stories. Oh, my gosh, yeah. it's both our stories. Yeah, because I retired, you know, because of my vision, and now you're retiring because of a health uh, condition and also changing your career. So let's get into that. Tell, tell everyone, again, that who doesn't know uh, about what kind of health issues you're dealing with right now. Well, first of all, let me say I'm really thankful that it's under control. It's more likely than not going to cause me much of a problem in the future. Um, so I'm very thankful for that. Really quickly, what happened at the end of 2019, this is before the pandemic started, one day I left the gym and I felt like I was getting sick, like the flu. 
and then I was really sick, and I like I couldn't even like walk halfway across the room. My doctor said, "Oh, you have a virus, whatever." Then you know they put me on an antibiotic, the usual type stuff. It would get a little better. Then a couple of days later, the same thing. I was just run down. I went to go visit my parents in Houston. I could barely walk through the airport. So at the beginning of December, I'm like, I'm not getting better. Now, the, the, the fatigue and everything did wear off. But then I started having this incredible neuropathy. My entire face felt like it was on fire. And, and my hands and my arms, my back, all these weird neurological kind of symptoms. And so my doctor's like, I think we need to send you to a rheumatologist because it could be autoimmune. So to the rheumatologist, I got tested for every possible rheumatological condition. And the only thing that came back was I had an elevated rheumatoid factor, which I didn't even know what that was at the time. And he goes, well, if you ever start having this symptom or that system come back, you could have rheumatoid arthritis. All right, that never happened. Then another doctor suggested to me that face burning can be a prerequisite to multiple sclerosis. So then I had to get MRIs of my brain and my spine. I had to get a spinal tap. Mean Not to mention, then the pandemic starts. So we still don't know what's wrong with me. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, how is this unknown virus going to now impact what I could have? Anyway, long story short, I went to the good old regular eye doctor, the um, well, the optometrist, actually, and I took a picture of my eye, like if you've ever put your face in like an opto photo, it's just a check for like glaucoma or different, I don't know, standard stuff. And I thought, you know what? He's going to see something wrong with my eye. Something just told me that. And he held up last year's results with the one I just took, and he kept looking at it, and he's like, there's something wrong with your retina. And I told him what had been going on. He goes, you need to go see a retina doctor immediately. I go to the retina doctor. He looks at my eye. He says, you have toxoplasmosis. I knew what it was because a lot of news stations have done it on, like, for sweep stories. It's a parasite that you can get from a litter box, from digging around in the dirt, or undercooked food. Well, I don't dig in the dirt, (laughs) and I don't have a cat. And so that's probably where it happened. But most people get this, and it just sits in their symptom in their system, and it never does anything. So then they thought I was immunocompromised because that's typically who has toxoplasmosis, AIDS patients, people with cancer, that sort of thing. So I started getting tested for, I mean, you name it. Anyway, it's just one of those immunological things in my body that I had systemic toxoplasmosis. That's what caused all this burning. If they called it a post-infection autoimmune response. Long story short, all the way through 2021, it was bad. It started getting better. Um, But in 2022 was a terrible year. And during Hurricane Zeta, not Ida, Zeta in 2020, I was in so much pain, I could barely walk to my car. Anyway, so um, I, I take this neuropathy medicine. It's very standard. And now I have hardly any symptoms. My hands and fingers sometimes are kind of numb. But mainly my fingertips. But, um, you know, thankfully, that appears to be it. So the health decision, the health uh, conditions that you have wasn't necessarily the only reason why you decided to retire, though. But there was other reasons, too. As you mentioned, we're, you know, evening shift, you know, family suffers. I did that for many years. But that played a part into your decision to leave TV. It did. And, you know, first things first is I started thinking, you know, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? My intention was to stay at Fox 8 till I was 60. 
But the events of the last two or three years and with this illness and the back-to-back hurricanes and, and everything else that we've gone through, I thought, I don't know if I can make it another seven years. And I also didn't know if I wanted to make it another seven years. But here's the other thing, Carl, is that I didn't want to retire. And I thought, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I don't really have hobbies. The weather was my hobby and my job. Okay. And so I thought I was sitting in a friend's apartment in Miami a year ago in October and he started, he's a meteorologist. He's actually from New Orleans, uh, coincidentally, and he works at the Hurricane Center. And I became best friends with him when I lived there. And he started prolifically painting again during the pandemic. He was alone and he had painted before and some people made pillows out of his stuff. They like his designs. I said, Matthew, this is great. You can do this when you retire. He's like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, what am I going to do? And I'd been interested in becoming a therapist for some time. It's something I've thought about off and on for a number of years. And I started talking to Tulane about their accelerated master's program. I thought, you know what? It's going to be hard enough doing this at 53. I don't want to do it at 60. And I thought this is probably my moment where I need to make that turn. And this will give me a profession where I can work for myself, Carl. Uh, I can work for other people if I want to as well, but it'll give me more flexibility for myself and Charlie. We'll be able to travel in the summer. And, uh, you know, time's ticking and it starts ticking faster the older we get. And so uh, I just felt it was time to make some decisions and have a real inflection point, I think, in my life. Uh, you're right. I, I, you know, I never thought I'd be going back to college at, in my mid-50s. I mean, to I had to go to live in a dorm at, at uh, Stephen F. Austin for, for uh, eight weeks for the beginning of my training. And I'm in a dorm room at 53 years old, eating in a school cafeteria with a 21-year-old dorm roommate in there, you know, having music on till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like... What am I doing? Oh, I but, didn't know that part. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had I had to do that. So I, my training, you know, I took a, a master's uh, uh, certification course. I had to spend, you know, an online mm-hmm. courses and all that. So it, it, you you realize at a certain point of your life, you know, if you don't do it now, you won't do it. Because I knew once I retired from TV, I had an idea I was going to do something with the vision impairment field, but I didn't know what exactly. But but to be able to help somebody is that feeling that you get when you help somebody through severe weather coverage, through hurricane coverage. So it's that feeling of still being of service to people. I think so. And and obviously, you know, I, we're naturally drawn to that, I think, as individuals. I guess we have that type of empathy uh, within ourselves that we do want to help people like you're doing and like I plan on continuing doing. And so that that's the nice part of this whole thing. And, uh, you know, there's... One thing I thought of, I want to do something that I know there's going to be a need for. And, you know, there's no question that we need mental health services in our community and across the country. Absolutely. And I think that's a wonderful you know, field to get into to help because you're right. There's so many people do need that. Um, now, I know when I was retired, uh, when I was retiring and, you know, even a couple of years before that, I always told you know, the meteorologists I work with, you know, I'm never going to come back when I retire. I'm never going to keep coming back. So I guess the question for you, are we going to see David Bernard come back during hurricane season? Not this hurricane season. I never say never to anything. I mean, I, you know, Charlie was sort of annoyed by this, that I wouldn't say it that way that I'm saying uh, that I'm saying I'm retiring. But I don't want to say I'm retiring. I'm stepping aside from TV. You know, I, I have no intention of that, but I don't know where life is going to take us. And I've got 30 years experience doing that. So it's obviously something I could step right back into if that was going to be the case. I have no plans for that. But again, 
You never say never. Okay. I just I just felt like the people that are there are certainly qualified to do it. So I they didn't need me coming and them stepping aside. That was my feeling of it. I know it's done before. I know it's you know been, it will be done again. Yes. And you know, that's that's up to station management how they hire how they handle that at each individual station. I can say it at, at my station I just left at Fox Eight. I'm I'm not concerned about it at all. Okay. So, so what kind of uh, any particular kind of trauma you want to help with, or is it just in general, just mental health and helping through any kind of trauma? I haven't decided exactly. I, I know I'll have a private practice. Um, and as far as what that specialty will be, I don't know yet. Um, I'm beginning my field practicum um, in January. And so as part of the master's program, I have to complete 900 hours of internship. And uh, I will be at a Baptist hospital at Ochsner Baptist. And I'll be working with the functional restoration program, uh, which uh, when we had when they had the field day and all the different nonprofits and hospitals were there that uh, the master's degree students could choose from, I noticed this functional restoration program. And it's for people with chronic pain. And after what I went through, there was a time when it was so bad in 2020, I was in tears leaving work because I thought, am I going to have to deal with this the rest of my life, whatever's wrong with me? Am I going to have such severe neuropathy? And it was really, really took a toll on you mentally. And it gave me a little window into what it's like for people that go through that every day and have to live with it. So that program kind of spoke to me. And so I'll be helping with group therapy there, some individual therapy. I think it's 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 going to be a good learning experience for me. But I think I need to kind of just start moving down the path. And in a, a couple of years, I'll probably have a better idea if there's something I want to focus on, but not immediately. Well, that's important uh, that you've experienced that kind of discomfort or uh, unknowing of what's going to happen with your health the rest of your life. That's important because you can empathize with people that you'll be working with. Same thing I can do when I work with a visually impaired client that's trying to learn how to walk with a white cane. So we have an understanding, and I think that's important as a as somebody is trying to help somebody. And I, I think that's, you know, an important part of it. And I think I applaud you for that because you understand what you're clients may be going through. It, it makes a big difference. Um, uh, yes, to have walked in somebody's shoes, yeah, even if it's just for a mile or two, uh, so to speak. But so, yeah, that was a really scary time. But I do know there's people that deal with those realities on a daily basis. Well, I again, I applaud you when I heard the story and heard what was happening. I, you know, and we had been saying for years we were going to do lunch together once I retired <laughs> to or before that. And we just that still has not happened. Never, yeah, it hasn't, but it will. But, you know, before that, I was kind of in that mental state, you know, you know, that station and that station, and that station. You know, I can't watch that station. That's that's not my station. And now since I retired, you know, I'm flipping channels all left and right watching everybody. I don't have that that intense loyalty I did when I was at Channel 4, but I flip around now. So that's a question, I, you know, you're going to go through. Are you going to be flipping around the channels or are you just going to stay with, you know, watching Lee all the time? I have got so much work to do with school, Carl, that I don't know if I'm going to be watching any news whatsoever except whatever I see on my phone uh, in the morning. So I have not really given that a much thought. I do know that everybody's been watching Lee the last couple of oh, weeks. Oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> absolutely. And we're waiting for more. Um, the other thing I'll, I'll give you a little piece of advice, and I'm sure you'll be seeing that every time, that even in the three years since I've retired, so many people still come up to me. And still, and I'm working with a client. They'll come up and want to say hi and how are you doing. So, as you're doing your internship, you'll 
encounter that and your classmates will be like, okay, it's, you know, it's David. All right. You know, we're used to this now. So get used to that because people will always come up to you, especially, you know, since I've watched you for years. You know, you're part of the family. I, that is fine with me. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I like it here so much, right, is because it, it does feel like one big family. And I, I like people. I really, I genuinely like people. I like people to come up and talk to me. I like to visit with people. I like to meet new people, uh, which I think is really important, especially if you're going into, like, a public business like TV. I know I've worked with people over the years that can't stand that sort of thing. But, you know, if you're going to be in front of the camera, you're going to be pretty well known. So, Hopefully you kind of go with the flow. And you and I probably heard stories of certain people in the media that are just totally rude when you come up to them in public. I've heard stories from, you know, people I meet saying, oh, that person was so... Are know, we naming names? No, no, no. Oh, okay. okay. You right. can if you want. I'm not. <laughs> but how, how how is Charlie with this, knowing that he's walking around with David Bernard and he, David's oh. got to stop and talk and... Let me tell you, I couldn't ask for a more supportive husband uh, than Charlie. And in fact, what is he doing right now? Right now, he's reading here at the radio station in another booth, volunteering, uh, coincidentally. But um, he doesn't mind it at all. He thinks it's funny, actually. Uh, <laughs> in a way, he gets kind of a kick out of the whole thing. So well, that's good. That's because not an issue. He's going to be dealing with this for years to come. Because, Forever. Because now that you retired, people are going, oh, how are you doing? And it's good to see you. And you No know, one forgets in New Orleans. No, no. And it's always nice that people come up to anybody and say hi. Even strangers get together and say hi when they're talking out in public. One funny story before we get ready to start wrapping up. When you came to Channel 4... You remember you were the villain. Do you remember why? No. <laughs> yeah, well, at that time in, in uh, 98, when you got there, uh, both I and uh, another meteorologist were fired at the same time. And you had just started. And a lot of people thought you were the reason why. We got fired. You know the story. I know you're yeah, playing dead. I know you're playing Well, that, that's not the reason. Okay. Right. I mean, no. No. It had nothing to do no, with no, it. But I mean, I was a young, green. I didn't know anything. Right. But you took the hit from a, a lot of uh, people that I've heard that, you know, oh, that David got, got them both fired. And I was like, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so it's funny what, you know, people but, think. But you didn't get fired. I did get fired, but I, I did get back. I yeah, did. But, I was, but yeah. you got I was. I came were, back after a couple of months or so, but but it was a funny story. Were you actually gone a couple of months? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I kept coming back to help, and you know, but you know, I, I've forgotten the whole thing. Yeah, it was a long time. <laughs> but I just remember that I like pointing that out that David was the reason why I got fired, and it's a funny story I like telling, even though it wasn't true. That would have been. I mean, that would have left us. It would just have been me and Don Westbrook. That's right, just the two y'all. Yeah, yeah, a two man staff, which is <laughs> unusual now to have. Two people on staff. Now, no. y'all, what what do y'all have at Fox State? Fifteen people on no, staff? No, we have five. Well, I mean, still, I mean, compared to but most... But they're doing 12 hours of news a day over there. Oh, I know. But so. still, when you start getting four or five, it's like, holy cow, how many meteorologists can you have in one one place? But you're right, y'all got a lot more uh, news. Okay, before we wrap up, i like to ask four questions of my guest, completely off the wall. And it's because I like to know this, too. What is your favorite movie and why? Oh, Carl, he couldn't have told me about this beforehand. Um, okay. Uh, I don't I don't really I'm not a huge movie person, but I'm trying to kind of I'm so bad at doing movies and stuff off the top of my head. 
Um, All right, let's go to the next one. The, then. You want to go to the next one? I, I don't know. Okay, what is I, your favorite type of music or genre or band that you like to listen to? Well, okay, so I like a lot of different types of music. I love 80s hard rock. I loved Guns N' Roses, ACDC. I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan, which people know. I remember. But I like a lot of her bluegrass music, which is not as listened to as much as you know the traditional songs that Dolly's had a long time. And my all-time favorite band were the B-52s. Oh. I really like kind of uh, the B-52s and also the punk era during uh, the late 70s and the 80s. And they, and they retired. They just went on their farewell tour. Yeah. And Dolly in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How about that? I know she's unbelievable. Maybe she she turned it down. Yeah, uh, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a, a, a good. I have to come up with a good. Uh, movies and books. I'm terrible at. Okay, all right. Terrible at, at coming up with that because there's so many. All right. So I, you kind of touched on this before. What does David Bernard like to do to relax? But you don't have a hobby. You said so. What is? Is there something you like to do just to relax? One thing that I've started doing in the last five years that I didn't do regularly, I really like to walk. That really does seem to help me a lot. And I've done a lot of that the last couple of years. And of course, you know, when we were in the deep pandemic, that was one of the only things to do. I was going on a walk. So I find walks are very bene- more beneficial than I think most people realize for a-, a lot of reasons. Absolutely. I love, I do that for a living. I'm walking around with clients. I'm looking at things, enjoying the view of things. And during the pandemic, we walked the levee, you know, many times. I mean, on one of my um, best memories at WWL is the fact that it was in the French Quarter. And after the show, I would just go walk in the quarter in the mornings. And, you know, I would always see something new. Mm-hmm. So I like walks. Last question. Um, what is still on your bucket list? What do you want to do? I want to finish this master's degree program. I want to get my practice up and going, and I want to start traveling again, which we haven't done much for the last several years. And uh, I really want to go to Antarctica, which I think I'm going to be able to make happen in about a year. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, David, that's it. Painless, you know. You know, we didn't get to talk about Eric Paulson very much. I know one of your favorite subjects. So, but I thank you for joining us uh, for this and let everybody hear your story and get to know David a little bit more. It's been a really good time, Carl. And now that I did this for you, you're buying lunch. Okay, I'll buy lunch. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I'm I, choosing the spot. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because <laughs> I know David Bernard's taste is not in my taste range. All right. You've been listening to the Public Affairs Show on WRBH Reading Radio for the Blind. Thank you for listening. I'm Carla Redondo. Have a good day.